Welcome to About the Journey, the podcast from Marriott Bonvoy Traveler that takes you on a road trip where the end point is not the end goal. I'm your host, Onika Raymond. I'm a travel journalist and member of Marriott Bonvoy. On this episode, we'll take you on a drive where community is everything. We're exploring the cities, towns, and people between two Pacific Northwest hubs, Seattle, the cozy coffee haven, and Portland, a city that likes to keep things weird. We'll head south from Seattle to Tacoma, Washington to learn about the city's local glassblowing community at the Museum of Glass. Then we're off to Olympia to peruse the diverse selection of vendors at the Olympia Farmer's Market. Our final pit stop is in Estacada, Oregon, where small business owners are banding together to help the town bounce back from a fire through an unexpected attraction. That's all to come, so buckle up. Now, this is not your classic route along US 101 and the Oregon coast. With so many tourists flooding the coast, we're heading inland on I-5. We'll trade in ocean views for the Puget Sound, the major body of water that connects Seattle and its neighboring cities to the Pacific. About half an hour from Seattle, we'll arrive at our first destination, the Museum of Glass in Tacoma. More than 300,000 people make their way to this art museum every year. The galleries and grounds are filled with rotating exhibits of glass formed into every shape and color imaginable. But inside the building is a room that's pretty unique for a fine art museum. I think that people can walk in and be intimidated by the space. This is Benjamin Cobb. He's a glass artist, and he's been with the museum since it opened 19 years ago. So we have a large amphitheater here at the museum that has two 1,000-pound furnaces full of molten glass. Welcome to The Hot Shop. This is one of the largest glassblowing facilities on the West Coast, and it's where Ben and his team of artists do their glassblowing in full view of an audience of museum guests. They're greeted by all the sort of sights and sounds like burning wood. You know, there's usually smoke and some fire. It tends to be on the louder side. It's a little bit on the dirty side, dirty and sweaty. Yeah, it's an active space. You show up right at 10, we're just starting our day, and so you're seeing the process starting. You know, you're invited to ask questions and be curious and learn about what you're actually watching. Like, we'll pull a pony out of glass. It takes about 30 seconds to a minute to make, and, you know... We kind of tease folks. We'll, we'll do it in front of the audience and ask them, oh, okay, what is he making? It's like, well, I don't know yet. You know, the legs start to pull out and then the mane and then the face. And this, this little tiny clear glass pony kind of grows out of this, you know, amorphous blob. So I think that right there instantly makes people go, oh, wow, that was incredible. The Pony is always a hit with audiences. But Ben is quick to remind us that whatever incredible things he's made in the hot shop, he doesn't do them alone. We always say that glass blowing is a little bit more akin to team sport, and um, we're all part of a sort of a larger community that's in this area as well. Over the past 50 years, glass blowing has become part of Tacoma's DNA. It all started in the early 70s with a hometown artist named Dale Chihuly. Dale is a pretty big deal in the glass blowing community, and you might even recognize some of his sculptures. We'll link to them in the show notes. So Dale helped start something called the Pilchuck School of Glass. As people started to visit Pilchuck in the 70s and 80s, they started to move to the Northwest, as well as there's a, a bunch of folks 
that are, are you know, native Western Washingtonians that uh, were, were glassblowers as well. And we're starting to set up studios in this area. So it became sort of a, a mecca for people to travel to Pilchuck, take a class, you know, potentially go work for Dale Chihuly at some point. But it, it really started to create this community. There's a great program that was started in the late 90s called the Hilltop Artist Program. And it was a way to get at-risk youth back on track in school through glass. It's taking kids who have hardships and getting them in, into glass, getting them hooked. So Tacoma has glass sort of at its roots. The Pacific Northwest has become the studio glassblowing capital of the United States. As for why it caught on so quickly here, is anyone's guess. Climate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, you know, glassblowing occurs all over the place. But I would, I would definitely say partly based on, on climate. If it's, it's rainy and damp and wet outside, you know, standing next to a furnace all day is not a bad place to be. We'll take Route 5 about half an hour southwest to Olympia. If you feel like a quick pit stop, stretch your legs at Billy Frank Jr. in the Squally National Wildlife Refuge. Keep your eyes peeled. You may get lucky and spot an orca whale here. Once we make it to Olympia, I hope you're hungry because we're headed to the farmer's market. How are you doing? So the organics are $7.99 and the, the regulars are $6.99. The Olympia Farmer's Market has been a fixture in the community since it first opened in 1975. Over the years, the market has taken many forms. But today, it sits right on the port of Olympia overlooking the West Bay. With over 100 vendors, the market sells crafts, locally sourced produce, and artisan foods that attract shoppers from near and far. I actually live in Seattle, and I come down about once a month to visit family, and we usually come here because, you know, this market kind of has a little bit of everything. The vibe and feel of the Olympia Farmer's Market is, it's alive. It's very much alive and just a great place for all people to gather. The main reason people come to the market? The food, of course. And behind every great meal is a great vendor. I'm Penny, and I'm the owner of Curry in a Hurry. My name is Roberto Perez Estrella. The place name is Los Tuleños. Uh, my name's Tony, and I have a company at the Olympia Farmer's Market called Paella Pro. We're the newest vendor here. Some of them have been here for 30 years. We're very fortunate we got the last spot. Each vendor takes pride in the quality of products they serve their customers. In my world, if I don't, if I don't make it, I can't sell it. I don't deal with prepackaged anything. We don't open cans around here. We, we take the time to do the authentic cooking. One of the things that we enjoy about cooking here at the farmer's market is as often as we can, we use products out of the market. We'll use manila clams uh, or we'll use mussels and they bring it in every morning fresh and I'm over there bugging them first thing. One of the things that makes the Olympia Farmer's Market special is the community that's formed among vendors. The market's owned by the vendors. They're some of the most independent. They're small business owners who like running their own shop, who do their own things. So you can imagine they don't always necessarily agree with each other. <laughs> like any big family organization, we don't always get along, but it, we always figure it out by when it's all done, which is what it's all about. And, and, and one of the funny things, you know, with this business in this place, it's business for everybody. Basically, we are like a big family. Over the years, parts of the Pacific Northwest have radically changed. 
It can be hard at times for locals to recognize their surroundings. But somehow, Olympia has managed to stay true to itself. Olympia embraces all people. It has a real funkiness to it, but it's just, it's a very open-minded, thinking city that really supports all individuals. I think Olympia is one of those uh, Northwest towns that still retains some of the old vibes. Uh, that's a vanishing uh, experience these days. Everywhere you go, it seems to be look like everywhere else in the United States, but Olympia still has maintained its quirkiness, its independence, independent owners, shop owners. That's why people come here. It is so cool to see the little community these vendors have formed. I mean, it definitely reminds me of my own family because, you know, everybody has their favorite foods. For example, my daughter, she usually wants carbs and candy. My husband, he's into organic vegetables. Ew. And me, I'm easygoing, so I'll eat anything and everything. So if your family's anything like mine, this market is so worth the stop. You'll be supporting local businesses and giving your whole crew a chance to pick up exactly what they want. Grab some fresh fruit to snack on because we're heading south along the five for over two hours. Now, here's where most travelers will want to peel off west towards the coast, but that area can get overwhelmed with visitors. Instead, we're heading inland to a small town in the Mount Hood region of Oregon, right off the Clackamas River. Growing up here on the Clackamas, I, I really loved the ability that kayaking gave me to get out of the places where the crowds were. This is Luke Spencer. He grew up near Estacada, Oregon, and like many people out here, the river is his life. There's just something about being in the being on the river in the canyons with the big tall green trees that we have out here in Oregon, especially here outside of Estacada, that just really drew me in. And that once I started doing it, I I was hooked. Luke is the owner of Clackamas River Outfitters. He used to be a pro paddler, and you can check out our show notes to see some pictures of Luke taking his kayak off some pretty high waterfalls. But these days, Luke spends his time sharing his love for watercraft by renting out gear and guiding customers looking to explore the lake and river near Estacada. You know, my favorite thing when I take people out is when they also get hooked and I can see that energy in them. I can just tell they're going to come back and they're going to keep doing it again, just like kind of I did. That, that's really inspiring for me. Luke gears up customers with all the usual watercraft, kayaks, rafts, and stand-up paddleboards. But people start asking questions when they notice he rents surfboards, too. We carry surfboards in our shop, but we're two hours plus from the coast. So they're wondering, why would you have surfboards in your shop? Well, we have surfboards in our shop because we love surfing on the river, and we call it river surfing. River surfing is when you find a standing wave that you can basically surf standing up or boogie boarded or, or whatever kind of craft. And so there's these spots when the river's right that you never go downstream. You go to that one spot and you surf. It can be a bit challenging to get into and learn, but uh, if you come to us out here, uh, there's some spots we will happily show you. There's never a line. There's never a big crowd out in the surf. So um, if you like to avoid crowds, try river surfing. It's, it's pretty darn fun. Luke started Clackamas River Outfitters because he realized there was no rental shop in Estacada to bring visitors to enjoy the water. My thought was if we can bring this to this town, you know, if we if we build it, they will come. And so, you know, we did that in 2015. 
And here we are in 2021, made it through the Riverside Fire, which shut down this town. In 2020, wildfires hit Oregon hard. Estacada was caught in the middle of a particularly big one, which burned across more than 100,000 acres of land. It started about 26 miles east of Estacada and came all the way down to the town of Estacada. And, um, you know, the fire department and a lot of locals and volunteers were able to stop it literally, literally on the doorsteps of town. And I had a couple friends that lost their houses out here. The fire did get under control, but then the aftermath of that fire is still being felled out here. So currently the highway is still closed. Having the highway shut down is really tough on a lot of the small businesses here. And also just the recreators that want to go up and camp and go to the hot springs and go mountain biking, go four-wheel driving, go rafting, go kayaking, go hiking, go mushrooming. Um, all these things people can do up there, that, that's all closed down. Some kayaking and other activities are still available, but with so much closed upriver, reopening the Clackamas Highway is super important to Luke and his community. So there's quite a few local businesses that operate up here. We have come together to basically help get it back open as soon as possible and to make sure that, you know, somebody is looking out for the small businesses and for the recreators that want to be able to use and access our national forest. With the highway closed, Luke and the local businesses are doing what they can to help Estacada. And he says anyone coming to the area can contribute. Getting some gas, buying a coffee, maybe going to the local store, picking up your needs there. All, all those things are great. They can also get in touch with us here at Clackamas River Outfitters, even if it's just to answer questions. We're here. You will be able to get to us on the phone. And we're happy to uh, send you in the right direction, whether it's where to get coffee, where to get food you know, where to beat the heat and go to a nice water hole, you know, where to avoid some crowds, any little secrets that we can spill but not let the cat out of the bag, we're happy to do that. So just coming out and exploring this area of the Clackamas River and Estacada is is really what will help us get back on our feet and, and thrive in the future. Today, eco-conscious tourism is more important than ever, especially in places like Oregon. The Oregon coast gets millions of tourists every year, with the majority checking out spots like Cannon Beach and Ocola State Park. But you know what that means? Foot traffic. And excessive foot traffic leads to the erosion of the coastline. So let's please give this natural environment a break and check out lesser-known places like Estacada. Once we've toweled off and returned our kayaks, we'll hit the road for one last time towards our destination, Portland. We'll follow the Clackamas River up Route 224 and out of the Cascade Mountain Range. In less than an hour, we'll land downtown at the Portland Marriott downtown waterfront. Located just off the Willamette River, there's always a waterfront festival or market happening just steps from the front lobby. Some favorites are the annual Waterfront Blues Festival and the Brewers Festival. Head to the hotel's restaurant, The Proofreader, to taste local flavors from nearby farmers, cheesemongers, and brewers. From forage chanterelle mushrooms to black sheep creameries, feta, and Nikki's Roosevelt elk sausage, we'll get to know the town in just a few bites. We'll finish off with a nightcap. You can't go wrong with Bull Run Distillery's bourbon or New Deal's rye. Come morning, we'll hit the hotel cafe, the press release. They've got a blend roasted specifically for them by their neighbor, Water Avenue Coffee, located just across the river.
just like that, we've reached the end of our Seattle to Portland road trip. We hope you've enjoyed meeting the communities that dot this route and hearing stories from the small groups of people that make big impacts on their local cultures. We saw how a community formed around Glass and Tacoma, how food makes rival vendors feel like family in Olympia, and how even a devastating fire in Estacada can bring together a community. This stunning part of the country draws people from all walks of life together, and it's worth anyone's time to come experience that for themselves. About the Journey is produced by Marriott Bomboy Traveler, At Will Media, and me, Onika Raymond. Our Marriott producers are Robin Benefield and Jess Moss. Our At Will Media producers are Mitch Bluestein, Christy Westgard, Elliot Davis, Nayila Andre, and Drew Beebe. Special thanks to our guests on this episode for sharing their stories along the route. And thanks to you, our listeners, for coming on the ride. And if you like this episode of About the Journey, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on The Open Road. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these... I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you. And it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen.